great to be with you all today. Uh, can uh, can you can you hear me? Yes. yes. Okay. Great. Great. Yeah. So I um I'm I'm really honored to, to be with you all. I, I I wanted to be there in person. So I'm I'm sorry that I'm not there in person with you. Uh, I am a more of an in person type of person. Uh, but I I hope that um, our time together will be uh, beneficial, hopefully encouraging for you and uh, for me as well. I, I recognize that I, I might have a, a few disadvantages uh, today. Uh, one, um, many of you probably in that room are, are old enough to be my father. Um, and and I'm, I'm sure that I have uh, more to, to learn from, from you than, than you do from me. Um, two, I'm, I'm not a morning person, so I'm still waking up. So I hope to form coherent sentences and phrases while I speak to you. Um, uh, but it, it's uh, truly, uh, truly my pleasure to, uh, to be with you. Uh, this morning, I, I really want to um, just talk to you about redemption. Um, and, and kind of the, the theme of redemption and what God is doing in the world and, uh, and, and through us uh, this morning. And I, I'm going to assume, even as we start to prepare for Thanksgiving and, and Thanksgiving is coming up, I'm going to assume that if you're in the room today, that God has had tremendous grace on you in your life. And you have uh, you have a testimony of redemption in your own life, and there are ways that God has redeemed the broken areas around you, and that there are uh, ways that you're participating in God's redemption today, and ways that you want to participate in God's redemption in the future. Um, things that maybe you're praying about or, or broken areas in this world that, that animate you and motivate you to take action, to try to make them look like how, how God has designed for them to look. Um, I'll just be sharing my story and then maybe kind of bringing it home uh, to this theme of, of redemption. So um, I, I don't know if Bill mentioned, but I don't think he did earlier, but um, uh, yes, I'm uh, born and raised in Philadelphia. Uh, so um, my parents actually met at uh, at a church. Uh, they they um, uh, in their in their 20s, and uh, after getting married, shortly after getting married, they had my older sister, and then they had me. Uh, we were a, a what I would describe a, a working class family. Um, my parents both are serious Christians. In their church, they uh, had been, been involved in missionary work in Haiti, and uh, they were very active in serving the poor. They were uh, very active in serving in their church, and uh, that was sort of the environment that I grew up in. Uh, we, my my dad started out as a mechanic, and then. Um, Shortly after, he, he actually became a package delivery man with RPS, which was eventually bought by FedEx. And so I grew up, uh, ever really since I was a kid, either working on trucks with him, because he used to work as a mechanic on the trucks in the terminal, 
or uh, helping them deliver packages in downtown Philadelphia. My mom uh, helped uh, clean college dorms and I would help her do that as well. And we also homeschooled and homeschooling sort of gave us the flexibility to be involved in, in different uh, missions. For example, uh, doing a yard sale to support the work in Haiti um, and sell, you know, uh, to raise money to support the work in Haiti. Uh, we also did quite a bit of evangelism in, in uh, my family. So that was the home that, um, that I grew up in. And um, you'll see, I think, how, as my story unfolds, how that really uh, catapulted me to, to, the, to the things that I've done in, in my life as well. And so about 13, 14 years old, around that time is when I would say that Jesus really got a hold of me. Um, my, my mom could tell you stories about how as a child, when she was giving me a bath and teaching my sister a scripture at 18 months old, I was, I was finishing the scripture and starting to, starting to, uh, to say it. And, uh, it was in my teens that I really started to see the difference, um, in, in terms of how I could fashion my life, how I could live my life. I could follow Christ. Uh, and, and that was going to look very different than um, an MTV music video lifestyle. And I, I was like, no, I, I, I believe I believe Jesus, um, you know, and, and we grew up in a I, I grew up in a, a more urban area where there's plenty of plenty of um, terrible things that young men like myself can get involved in. Uh, but I believe Jesus and I wanted to follow him. And I, I remember that um, really as God changed my heart, everything, everything um, changed. I, I remember walking down the street thinking, you know, I'm really not of this world. Like I just feeling that I was um, really pulled into another kingdom, pulled into another way of, of living that was fashioned after who God is and not of this world. And uh, shortly thereafter, really in that process, I began uh, serving in, in my church, part of a, a youth uh, mission that was located actually in Scranton, PA, where we would pull um, uh, young people into sort of like a community center house and have Bible studies with them. And so this is, um, this is what I was doing every weekend um, in my early teens for, for about two years. Uh, for the next two years, I was um, serving the homeless up and down the East Coast from Miami to D.C. and Baltimore and Philly. Uh, much the same, uh, we would uh, uh, pull sort of homeless people in right off the street and um, provide them a new life in Christ, uh, you know, including the provision of housing and, and um, you know, help them uh, really overcome addictions, et cetera. Uh, this sort of phase of my life, I would say, culminated in uh, late 2006, uh, when I was about 16 years old, uh, December uh, 2006, when I went to Haiti. And uh, my, I, I remember just, of course, being impacted by seeing people who had very little, but still love Jesus and, and be... Uh, more on fire for him than I was. And 
Uh, I was also impacted by the tremendous needs of the country. For example, um, seeing you know homes, uh, mud huts essentially for homes roughly the size of my room uh, at home. So uh, that was a really a, a, a big formative experience for me. Now, uh, everything I would say was pretty much uh, smooth sailing um, up to this point in my life. Uh, Bill mentioned my love for the weather at about, I, I wanna say about eight years old, I fell in love with the weather. I just went outside. It was a two inch snowstorm. And I'd always loved the snow, and I just sort of, I, I, I don't know, so, you know, I have sort of this weather bug. Uh, Benjamin Franklin said, um, some people are weather-wise, but most are otherwise. Uh, I sort of have this uh, weather, weather bug, and uh, I, it, it, around my teens, I started making forecasts for uh, family and friends, and um, then for my school in, in my homeschool community and uh, eventually started a Facebook weather page in college. I was picked up by a, a local newspaper in Philadelphia and I used to be on the radio and, and do uh, the social media. I had an app on the iPhone. I still do, but I don't, I don't run it. Um, and so weather has been a very uh, uh, sort of fun hobby for me uh, and something that um, you know, I, I still study to this day. Um, but uh, um, what happened is sort of at, at the, the end of my teens, of course, it was, um, and as I was leaving high school, um, it was time to decide what to do for, for college. And so um, I, I actually decided to do engineering because of my work in Haiti. I wanted to get a skill that I could use to, uh, to impact uh, people's lives in a very practical way, particularly in areas of the world where there's frontier gospel mission need, how, how we could um, you know, provide roads and bridges, et cetera. Um, but there was something very painful that, that developed at this phase of my life. And um, it, uh, essentially, I, I ended up leaving the church that I, I was sort of you know, raised in that my parents had met each other in, I ended up leaving and it was, it was a painful uh, experience. It was a very dramatic experience. Um, uh, the, at one, it wasn't anything violent, but at one point the police were involved. Um, the, uh, essentially I disobeyed my parents. They told me that, you know, they had left and they told me I had to leave and I disobeyed them and I didn't. Um, and so it ended up being sort of this big dramatic saga. And at uh, 17 years old, my whole world had sort of changed. That had been a lot of the core of my identity, of what I was involved in, um, uh, my social network, et cetera. And it was uh, really painful. It actually put me in a crisis of faith. I had what um, a lot of people call today church hurt. And um, I was really angry at, at the church. I was really angry at my parents. And uh, I, I was um, sort of in a tailspin. I was questioning, like, should I really live my life around something that is, uh, you know, a book that is 2,000 years old? Why, why should, I, should I do that? And um, I, you know, I continued to go to church. I continued um, to a, a new church that my parents had found that they had sort of forced me to go to. 
at this point. Um, and I, uh, you know, continued to, to hear the gospel. And I remember one of the things that, that God did um, during this time was he just gave me a lot of grace to, to, to deal with that, with that pain and eventually led me to a place of forgiveness and, and getting rid of the, the, possibly the start of bitterness and really forgive my parents and forgive the, the church. And one of the things that I had to realize was, of course, that Jesus hadn't done anything to me even if, if, if people had, even if people had directed me wrong or um, pushed me in ways that, um, that were disobedient to God, that it, it, wasn't, um, it wasn't what Jesus had done. It, it was you know, what people had done. And two, um, I, I couldn't get around that there's power in the name of Jesus. There's a, a song um, that, that talks about that. I remember singing that in church and I was thinking about how God had worked throughout my family's history from, you know, grandparents and even further. And I certainly couldn't deny that there was power in the name of Jesus. And I had um, the testimony of my own life, even up to that point and how Jesus had changed me. And um, I think sort of coming out of that, um, coming out of that experience, I, uh, I, I sort of had to recommit or, or um, uh, I, I used to come home from college and run up to my room and, and literally just cry out to God, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. I had to get my, my faith uh, re-strengthened and, and reattuned to who God is sort of beyond the noise that had for about a year and a half sort of uh, uh, hurt my faith and was attacking my faith. And so um, coming out of that, I began to uh, get involved in my new church in building a college ministry. Now, at this point, you know, sort of all of this is happening, all of the spiritual, all of these spiritual things inside of me were happening while I was starting college. And I was trying to pick a major and I was trying to sort of adjust to a new environment. Um, and um, I decided to go with uh, mechanical engineering and to focus on power because power was where I could combine my, my love for weather with my natural sort of engineering capabilities. And so um, I, I uh, about a year and a half in, I, I did that. And then I also decided because you could, you could do this to tack on a master's degree as well. Um, they keep you there at, at my school at Drexel University where I went, they keep you there for five years. So you can do a, a master's sort of for free within that five year uh, timeframe. Now, one of the other things you did at my school was um, you did three co-ops. So you do six internships uh, for, or I'm sorry, you do three internships for six months each. So I was in that process and I want to tell you just a, a quick story of how I, and this is all, this is all going somewhere, but uh, just how I got my first internship. So if you can imagine um, at this point, I'm 19, I'm uh, sort of coming out of, out of this wall, out of this crisis of faith. Um, I'm starting to get, in, <clears throat> get involved, like I said, in building a college ministry. And I'm, 
um, you know, trying to navigate college. I am a, a first-generation college graduate, gra graduate, so, you know, my parents have high school degrees, and, um, you know, I'm trying to, to kind of go to the next step in life, you know, as I'm getting older. And um, in this co-op process, it's a very high-pressure process. Everyone is looking for, you know, the best co-ops, the best paying, the most prestigious, you know, with DuPont or some of these big, you know, companies out there. And usually when you're in your sophomore year, which I was, there's not a lot, um, you, you know, seniors sort of get, or, or juniors and, and, um, and, and sophomores sort of, or uh, they're called actually pre-juniors in the third year, they get higher preference. And so I was applying to jobs and not getting any. And then eventually I did get a job at UAPEN. But um, it wasn't, it was very closely related to energy, but it wasn't the core of what I wanted to do. Uh, and um, and uh, I was sitting in the library one day and I looked at an email that I never look at. And it was just these random co-op job opportunities that they throw to students. And I decided to read the email and it was Johnson Controls. And it talked about them being like the world's largest battery maker and um, that they did a lot of energy efficiency and, and power work. And at the time I had been, you know, getting involved in clean tech. I was helping uh, build a, an electric car in the lab. And of course I was trying to go after um, power and renewables because of my love for the weather. So when I saw that, I went home, I said, mom, I was like, this is my dream job. This is, this is perfect. And so I, I, uh, you know, and I, and I said, if I get this job, I'll be set for life. And so I, I uh, reached out to them and there was a very nice manager. Um, her name was Kathleen Mariano. She uh, picked up and she said, you know, yeah, we'll, we'll bring you in for a, for an internship or I'm sorry, we'll bring you in for an interview. Um, and we'll, we'll have the interview in about two weeks. So I, I was like, okay, um, that, that's great. And, and I hung up and this was a Friday, but I had to make a decision on the U of Penn job, this offer that I had on Monday. So I, I actually called back and I said, oh, you know, I've, you know, at this time I didn't really know how to navigate professional spaces at all or, or very, I had very limited uh, ability to do that. I was just trying to, you know, figure things out as a, as a young person. And um, she said, well, move, move the interview up. We can do it on Tuesday morning. So I'm walking across campus. I, I uh, immediately run up to 30, uh, it's uh, 32nd in Hamilton, which is where uh, our, in Philadelphia, it's uh, 32nd Street in Hamilton, which is where co-op center is. And I run to my co-op coordinator, my internship coordinator, and I say, hey, you know, they want to do the interview. And he agrees to move the deadline from Monday at five to Tuesday at noon. So I have to do this, this interview in the morning. So I'm a commuter. I take the subway in uh, to school every day. And uh, when, I, when I come in uh, the next day, I'm sitting in the student center like I always do. Sometimes I would pray, read the Bible, course watch my weather videos um, and uh, I'm waiting there on Tuesday morning for this call from uh, from from the 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 interviewer you know for this job 
and I don't get any call and I'm waiting there, waiting there. I don't get a call. And at this point it's about uh, 10, 10 p.m. or 10 a.m. And then I'm waiting about 11 p.m. or I'm sorry, 11 a.m. 11 a.m., no call. And remember I have until noon. So I go outside and I call my uncle who had been helping me. I say, you know, it looks like I'm, I'm just going to take the UAPEN job. These folks never reached out to me. So at, uh, at about 11.20, I walk up to that 32nd in Hamilton corner. It's February. It's cold. And I put my hand on the door to go into the building and just sort of, you know, sign the documents to take the job at UAPEN. And something says, call them back. So I, so I go and I, and I, and I, um, I call the manager and she says, oh, no, no, we, we called you. I said, what? She said, yeah, yeah, we called you. I, I was like, oh, no, oh, no. I don't get cell phone service in the basement, in the student center basement. I mean, here's my dream job, just totally gone over something like that. And uh, I, I had been praying in the, in, you know, every day leading up to this, I was praying like, God, if it be your will, please give me this job. But if it's not your will, take it away. Like, I don't want it. It's, it's my dream job, but if it's not your will, take it away. And uh, here I was like, wow, like, I, I mean, this was, I, I felt like I had fumbled it. This wasn't something God, I mean, I had blown it, right? So she was very kind. She said at, a, at about 1130, she said, we'll have someone call you. And so they, they called and um, here I am standing on a corner in the middle of the cold. I'm doing an eight minute phone interview. And at the end of the day, the very nice uh, engineer, he said, is there anything else I can do for you? And I said, can you give me a job offer in 20 minutes? <laughs> it was 1140. And um, he said, oh, well, we'll see you know, what we can do. Long story short, I'm, I'm pacing in the hallway at 1155. The manager calls and says, we're going to give you the job. Uh, and we're going to raise the pay. It was like by a dollar an hour. So God, with five minutes to go, had provided this job for me. Uh, my first, my first sort of professional job, you know, it was a corporate job. I had a laptop. Um, I, uh, uh, you know, had a, had a work cell phone. It was revolutionary, you know, for me and, and just opened up my horizons to so much at 19 years old, at, you know, late teen, um, coming from, you know, more of a working class background to be sort of put in that environment. Um, when I was there, a manager gave me a project. It turned into a multi-million dollar opportunity that I was developing as an, as an intern. And I was brought back for another internship and then eventually brought on full-time um, after, uh, after school. Now, during this time, I also joined a project as a senior where I went to Thailand and was involved in building clean. It was my senior project in college and I was an alumni advisor afterwards where I was uh, building clean water technologies for, for uh, remote villagers in Thailand. You could think subsistence farmers. It was led by Christians who went there uh, years ago. They had went there where there were no Christians in these villages and they went just preaching the gospel. And now there's, uh, there's little mountain churches, if you will, with hundreds of people. 
that are now Christians. And so we would partner with them to provide uh, uh, clean energy technologies. And this was sort of a fulfillment of why I had chosen engineering. I, I did engineering and not the weather because I wanted to be involved in, in providing practical uh, solutions and, and just um, you know service to people in these frontier gospel mission areas. And um, so I, I was working now in, in energy efficiency and I did that for about three and a half years and I was uh, rejected by, I know I'm probably only have uh, several minutes left, but I was, so I'll kind of, kind of wrap this up, but I was rejected um, by uh, uh, one of the bosses for a job that I was being sort of uh, mentored to take. And it would have been like a two-step promotion. So it was understandable, uh, but I, I didn't get that job. And instead, um, I, I took a solar engineering position. So I'd worked in energy efficiency where you provide, you know, updated lighting and clean technology for, for folks uh, in, in the building space. And, you know, it's paid for savings program. I know New Jersey has a, has a pretty prolific program for that in performance contracting, but I wanted to get closer to the renewable energy technology. And so I, um, I took this this solar job, and uh, the the it, it was of course it was a major decision because it was a pivot away from what I had been you know preparing for to take this managerial job. But uh, about one month in, I was sitting there next to a gentleman named Gunter, who um, I would I I found out was a believer. So here we were sitting, our office had shuffled around and I was sitting next to him, found out he was a believer. And he was building this energy storage startup company within the firm. And uh, at, at the time I was focused on solar, but he would teach me things about batteries. Because remember, you know, I was trying to get into the clean technology space. So that was a more, you know, complete picture of it all. Now, he was able to mentor me for about two months. And uh, one day he, he actually told me, and, and of course the whole team, that he was diagnosed with, with brain cancer. And Gunter, you know, he, he's uh, married, he has several children. And so this was a big, uh, you know, obviously a huge life change for him, but a, a wonderful Christian man. But what God had done was he allowed uh, Gunther to, to mentor me so that I could actually step into leading uh, in his role while he was getting these cancer treatments. And of course, you know, there was, it, it was, it's brain cancer, very serious. And, um, and really what that did for me from a career perspective was give me that, that last bit of experience that I needed to apply to top business schools. And, uh, uh, you know, it was a fast paced environment. We were developing battery solutions across the world, um, sometimes involving solar. There was a lot of modeling, you know, it was really building the airplane while we were flying. And then of course, when I would go off to business school, it worked out perfectly that, that uh, Gunter was able to, he, he was healed, praise God, and he was able to come back and, uh, and sort of, you know, when I went off to business school, he was able to come back and lead the engineering team. And uh, I, I think really uh, as, I, as I was sort of doing this job, I was feeling a sense of completion 
that this was as far as I was going to go as an engineer, that this was uh, really like as far as as um, as as I, I, I sort of accomplished everything that I wanted to do. And around this time, I started prayer running and, I, and asking God to to use me to um, to to be a witness and to be a part of the healing that he's doing in this broken world. Of course, this was around two, uh, 2016 and, and a little bit later when um, the nation was, and, and to some extent still is, um, um, in turmoil over race issues. Um, there was a lot of economic turmoil. We, um, you know, we've been dealing with deindustrialization and the impact that that has had on working class communities across the country as jobs have gone overseas and an opioid crisis has swept in. Um, there was a lot of, I was seeing a lot of drifting from Orthodox Christian teachings in the church, a lot of worldly philosophies coming in. Um, uh, things like, of course, there's the prosperity gospel or a social gospel approach, but generally a, a, an inching away from, from biblical teaching to worldly teaching sort of couched as something of God. And so I started prayer running and asking God uh, to asking God to use me to address this brokenness. I just wanted to be used by God. And I, um, at this time, really felt that a, a vision or a crystallization of what I'm supposed to be doing was, was formed. And I had uh, I was leading college ministry at my church. I was um, teaching uh, physics at high schools and teaching with Upward Bound, helping uh, students from low-income backgrounds get uh, preparation for SATs. Um, I was uh, I had served at the college or at, I'm sorry at the children's ministry at my church. So all the service that I I had done from my teenage years sort of transferred over now as a professional in my more in my young adult years. And uh, what I really wanted to do was just leverage everything that God had given me to, to, to serve others, leverage it to share the gospel, to serve others, to be a witness um, and, and both, um, in both my mouth and in terms of sharing the good news and then in good works and showing them and showing people uh, that Jesus changes everything, that, that the gospel changes everything, that... Um, you know, Jesus makes us whole, everything from, from education to family. Um, he, he transforms everything. And um, so that was really where my heart was. And so the next step for me was to apply to, um, to a top business school. Now, my 30-year, I developed this, this vision um, and, and this what I call my 30-year vision plan. Uh, it, it's not ambitious. I, I, I can assure you that. So what it, what it generally is, um, was to build a, a clean energy company or invest in, in uh, clean energy and really be involved in shaping the industry globally and providing the technology around the world. Two, it's to lead a national movement to rebuild the inner city and rural, poor rural communities uh, and, and in such a way that puts the church on the front lines of doing that. So that when people think of the church, they see the, the work that we're doing to serve the least, the lost, and the last as part of a, a sort of rebranding or a re-imaging of the church as a culture increasingly rejects 
uh, Christians out of out of society in, in certain ways. And then two, um, I wanted to supply clean energy technologies to people around the world. And so the next step was, um, you know, going to a top business school, I began applying. It's a year and a half process. So here I am working long hours at this startup uh, in, in batteries, and then also putting together my applications. It was such a blessed process. I'll give you the, the headlines uh, just very quickly. Um, so I, I applied to six schools uh, 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 and was fortunate to get a full ride in just about four of them, including Wharton and Columbia and Yale. And I also was accepted into Harvard and Stanford. And uh, one of the things, one of the breakthroughs that God did for me is you have, to, you have to beat the GMAT. The GMAT is a test that you need to take to get into any graduate student program. And uh, I, I, what, I was scoring okay, but not great. And then uh, when I went on the test, uh, I, I had a, a very unfortunate thing happened in the first, uh, between the first and second part of the exam that totally threw me off. And I thought I was absolutely failing the exam. And my parents had prayed for a score that I would get that morning. And would you know that I got that same exact score on that test that I thought I was failing? Uh, that was exactly the score that I needed to really be very competitive at any of the top business schools in the world. I was in tears leaving the, leaving the building. And I had never gotten that score on any practice exam or on, on any real exam. It was higher than anything I'd ever done. And it was the exact score my parents had prayed for. And that was sort of the ticket that I knew to keep going and pursuing this vision that God had given me. And so I applied. And like I said, I got the, those full rides. And then it sort of came back. It came between Harvard and Stanford. And I, I, chose, uh, I chose Harvard. Um, you know, Harvard, for me, it was a time of my life. I, I had the time of my life. Um, I could tell you lots of stories of just being a Christian there, what that's like. Um, you know, Harvard is, it's a, it's, a, it's a tremendous place, but it's also a spiritually dark place. Um, they're, they're, everything, uh, al almost everything there, right, is pushing you against uh, the things of Christ. It, um, you know, to idolize uh, power, wealth, status, um, uh, lifestyle, Things that you know that are are not centered on Christ, of course, um, and uh, but there there is God is working there on that campus as well. You know, it's sort of like you reach the top and it doesn't satisfy. You're at the top of society and it doesn't give you what you thought it would. But and so people are are searching. They're like, but there's got to be more to life. There's got to be more than just you know, developing something or trying to make a name for myself. And so there is a hunger there among students and an interest um, to seek Christ. And so being a part of that and leading small groups on, on the campus and, um, and just being, you know, with my life, with my witness was, was, a lot of, was a lot of fun. And God actually grew me in particular ways, particularly how do, how do we articulate the faith in a, in a secular world? How do we articulate the faith to leaders? who um, are neutral or even negative against our faith? How do we communicate it in a, in a winsome way? 
and in a way that um that that demonstrates the legitimacy of what we believe and 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 the reality of what we believe um and so really uh as i was pursuing you know this this clean energy thing of course uh and and clean energy investing as sort of this first pillar of of the vision i i went to it, it's just all everything that happened is just god putting things in place in my life i i met a, a chaplain there a christian chaplain who pointed me to a man who uh teach an apologetics course on campus at harvard undergrad and uh uh he of course would be finney cruvilla who is one of the founders of eventide where i now work and so i got to know Philly, finney went to lunch uh with him and um they were looking of course for someone who knew clean energy they were looking for someone who could help them with clean energy investments and i was like oh well that's me uh and uh he came and presented on campus i couldn't believe it so we we uh our our mission is to honor god and serve our clients by investing in companies that create compelling value for the global common good uh and uh, okay, I see I got my two minute warning. And so uh, for me, this was more of a, of a fulfillment of being able to do uh, my work in a way that is according, in, in accordance with uh, what, what God says is the purpose of business. And so I think really what I would want to leave you with today is I, as I've shared my story and I'm I know it's it's a bit all over the place and, and a bit in the weeds at points, but it's really just the idea that that God, you know, God has given each of us as men a job. God gave Adam in Genesis a job even before he gave him a wife and that there is work that God has has given to you. There's work that God is calling you to do with who you are whether it's your passions like it is for me around this clean energy and and weather and um economic development i've done a lot of work in in west virginia um but that god is has given you a job as a man to pioneer the world after his design to pioneer the world after his kingdom and that I don't want anything in my life, any of the talents that he's given me to go to waste. I don't want to be an engineer and not use that to teach someone math so that they can learn in advance, not just teach them math, but teach them the gospel too. I don't want to uh, own a business that isn't involved in, in transforming and providing the ability for people to form families and support themselves uh, uh, and, and just just do a business for doing a business but i want everything in my life to be submitted under the authority of christ i want jesus to 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 be running everything in my life and so um if we if we think about in in colossians about how jesus is reconciling all things to himself he's he's transforming everything and i i would just ask you to think about what are the 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 areas of redemption that that God is already using you uh, to do to transform, uh, to transform maybe your family or, or, or to transform areas of, of New Jersey through your business. And what are the things, what are the dreams that you have that you want God to, to, to use you to do? You know, for me, it's this 
big movement. It's it's uh, helping the church serve more. What is it for you? What what are what are the dreams that you have that that you want to bring to God and ask Him to use you to do?